0: Well, I'm going to give you just a quick overview from the book of Daniel, uh, the beginning, at least, of the book of Daniel. And the theme of the book of Daniel is this. You find it in Daniel chapter 2 in verse number 44. Daniel two forty-four. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Can I hear a Hallelujah. The God of heaven is going to set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to another people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Now, my friends, Daniel chapter 2 is actually the backbone for for biblical prophecy. Through Daniel chapter 2, you're able to understand What Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 24 in the book of Revelation as well. And also in the book of Daniel, a very important scripture. So turn to the last chapter, which happens to be Daniel chapter 12. Because this is one of the keys. In verse number 4. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. So, my friends, there's there's something we know about the Lord. When he shuts the door, no man can open it. When he opens the door, no man can shut it. Studying the book of Daniel now, you will know more than anybody who has ever looked at it in history for one reason. God said the book was supposed to be sealed up. So, in the 1800s, the 1900s, That book was still sealed up. You could see little glimpses and pieces as things were being changed. But God says, at the end of time, this book will be opened up. And one of the things that as you study the book of Daniel is all the different kingdoms of the world as it relates around Israel. Because here's one of the things you have to understand. The center of biblical prophecy is not Tooele, Utah. It's not the United States. The center of biblical prophecy is where? Israel. And specifically, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the very center of the prophetic clock as it turns around there. So he says, it's going to be sealed up until the time of the end. And here's how you're going to know it. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. My grandma, who is... Partly responsible for where I am today. She was a Christian all the way through. How many grandmas do we got here? Being a grandparent is wonderful. It's a reward for not killing your children. So, uh, but my grandma was a wonderful Christian. She was really the most wonderful Christian in my family. Every, every card I ever got from grandma for birthday and Christmas had a Bible verse in it but re- really made it wonderful it had money in it too, you know. So money in a Bible verse. But my grandma was born in 1901 in Kansas. She was born in a dugout. Does everybody know what a dugout is? The first pioneers that came, there were no trees in Kansas. It was the home where the buffalo roam. okay? to Tooele buffaloes, that's where they came from, from Kansas. All right? And so there were no trees. And so the earliest pioneers they just dug their homes in like a cave into the side of a hill. Okay? And that's where my grandma was born. For 1901, for the first 25 years of her life, she didn't go more than 10 miles from her house. And that was by a horse and buggy. By the time my grandma was 68 years old, man had landed on the moon. Pretty amazing, isn't it? And so... One of the signs of the end time that people would be running to and fro, you know, tomorrow I'm going to hop in a plane and an hour and a half later, I'm going to be in California. All right. There's not a time where you can't look up in the sky and there's not a plane in the sky running to and fro. And if you don't believe people are running to and fro, even the highway from here to the interstate is packed with cars all the time, right? People running to and fro everywhere in the world, not just here. You know, it it baffles me when I travel around the world. Every airport's full. Where do these people get that kind of money? I mean, I don't know. Still, for me, it's kind of a big deal to fly, isn't it, you? And every airport full as people are running to and fro. The second thing that the Bible says here that you would know it, knowledge would increase. I'll show you my library. Every commentary I have ever owned in my life is now right here. Not just every commentary I've ever owned. Any commentary I would ever want, I could have right here in like two minutes. Not only that, I can have all the knowledge of every single library in the world. When Richard and I, we were sitting at Chris and Lydia's this afternoon, and Richard goes, I wonder what the elevation is here. Siri, what's the elevation of Tooele, Utah? Five thousand and forty-five feet. Okay. So anything that you want to know, but here's the deal: knowledge and technology can either be good or bad, can't it? Do you realize this is tracking your every move? Do you realize there's nothing that you ever put on this that ever erases? That any picture that there ever is is it's somewhere. You know how I know that? There was a murder in California. Maybe you heard about it. You saw it on on TV. A Marine was having an affair with his buddy's wife. She ended up getting pregnant. He killed her, buried her in a mine shaft. You know how they found it? By the pictures he deleted off his phone. Because he took pictures of where it was going to be. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure my phone especially Lee's phone. More than my phone listens to our conversations. This summer, we were talking about Vacation Bible School. The next day on Lee's Facebook, there was a feed for Vacation Bible School stuff. Now, we didn't Google a Vacation Bible School. My wife, lee just got back from Ireland. We were talking about going to Ireland. She had not Googled anything about Ireland. Bam, came up, and I said, Your phone is listening to us. But I want to tell you what's happening in the world today. Maybe you haven't heard this. In China, they now have a social score. Do you know what that is? Like in America, we have a credit score. Okay? Every single financial dealing that you have ever had in your life is figured into your your credit score. And by that credit score, then, it determines what you're able to buy or not buy and how much interest rate you're going to pay on what you do buy, right? So China now has already adopted, the first country in the world to do this, a social score. And you know how they're doing it? By people's phones, by where they go, what they look at. Because this also knows where you are. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever gotten in your car and your car tells you it's 10 minutes and 45 seconds to get to your house? How did Noah's going to my house? And so all of this technology that's floating out there one day is going to be very helpful information in the hands of a coming world leader. And here's the deal, my friends. Our Lord told us in Luke chapter 21 That we are to watch and pray. That we are to watch and pray. Now, I I hope you don't think you're getting news from CNN. (laughs) Does everybody know that's not news? Okay. MSNBC, ABC, CBS, it's not news. Now, I do monitor news. And again, on my cell phone. You know what's really sad? Russian news is much more reliable than our own news media. Now, it's anti-American. You can see the bias. I also monitor Al Jazeera because I want to know what the Muslims are saying about us as well. And I also do BBC because I want to know them. Jerusalem Post is a great news source as well as one of the best here in America, the Christian Broadcasting Network. So I highly recommend that. But what I do, I... I monitor news because I want to know what's happening, what's going on that we're never ever told about. And and it's important that we, we understand this. Here's news that you didn't know. Huge story. Benjamin Netanyahu, two weeks ago, spoke to the United Nations. Now, that was all in the time of Brett Kavanaugh, and all our our national media wanted to do was try to destroy his life and the the life of his family. so this wasn't even a bleep on the screen, but he stood up in the United Nations a year ago. he had presented the United nations Atomic Energy Commission with all the secret Iranian nuclear information because if anybody knows what's going on, it's the Israelis. They know 100% what's going on. This time he actually gave addresses. That <laughs> Here's where they are. Did you hear that in the news? And my friends, I want to tell you it's a huge story because here's what's happening in the world. The geopolitical, situation in the world has changed in the last few years. Because in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel gives to us the players in the last days. Okay, the players in the last days are Syria, Russia, Turkey, Iran, and my friends, if you draw a line up from Israel, for those that are going with Chris and I in a couple weeks, we're going to stand at the at the top of the Golan Heights, and off in the distance, on a clear day, you can see Damascus. So, right now in Damascus, the Russians are there. It's a fulfillment, a prophecy. They're building bases. They're arming them. One of the big events that's going to happen, which has never happened, Damascus is going to cease to be a city. They're, they're going to be joined by Iran, by Turkey. Turkey is trying to reestablish the Muslim caliphate. Do you realize that the Muslims ruled over Jerusalem for since the 1200s? That's when they took the city of Jerusalem. And my friends once they've claimed an area, they, they always claim that it's theirs. Do you realize the Quran says nothing about Jerusalem? And yet Jerusalem's the third most holy city. The Jews are going to rebuild a temple. It's going to happen. One thing that could never happen in the rebuilding of the temple, and again, when we go to Israel, we're going to see the Temple Mount Institute. These are Orthodox Jews who have rebuilt everything to go in the coming world temple, or the coming third temple that's going to be built there in Jerusalem. But one of the things that they needed was the ashes of a red heifer. How hard can that be? Okay, I want to tell you, for the time since Israel's been in the land until now, they've been waiting for a red heifer. And they'll find one, and then all of a sudden, after a little bit, there's one white hare. Or two white hairs. Total red heifer has been born in Jerusalem. Confirmed by the Orthodox Jews. And so my friends, these are exciting times that we live in. And yet we also know something about the times that we live in. The darkness is getting darker, isn't it? The, the evil that there is, is the things that are going on. Would ever dream? I'm so thankful I went to school in the 60s. There was never a question about which bathroom I went in. You look down, went, Yeah, I go in this one. You know, and yet today that's an issue. And the perversion that's just acceptable, the unfortunately, pornography, children. At nine is the average age that they see pornography now. And get addicted because we now know something. Pornography is addictive. It's not like you can just say, I don't want to do it because there's chemical reactions that take place in the brain. It's worse than drug addiction. And it is destructive in people's lives. So the evil that there is, is absolutely incredible. Can we, can we counteract that? My friends, I want to tell you the answer is yes. In Daniel chapter 1, turn there with me. In Daniel chapter 1, we have Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know what happens? The Babylonians had three invasions of Jerusalem. Okay, in the first invasion, they just took some of the treasures, but here's what they did. And Daniel was taken in this first one. Second one was worse. The third one is where they just destroyed the city of Jerusalem, the temple, everything was destroyed. But in this first one, they went to Jerusalem and they picked the best and the brightest young people. Because, my friends, I want to tell you, the most valuable treasure in Jerusalem wasn't the gold that was in the temple the most valuable treasure are were the hearts and the lives of their young people and the king instructed in verse number three the master of his eunuchs to bring some of the children of Israel some of the king's descendants and some of the the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good looking, gifted in all wisdom and possessing knowledge and and quick to understand and who had the ability to serve in the king's palace. And here's what they were going to do. They were going to indoctrinate them in the ways of the Babylonians, so much so that they took their Hebrew names away. Because every one of their Hebrew names reflected God even in their very name. Put them in the center of idolatry. Babylon was built around the Tower of Babel that we read about in the book of Genesis. So Babylon, this center of, of religion against God, immorality These 15, 16-year-old young men were taken to with the idea by Nebuchadnezzar he's going to do a brain drain out of Jerusalem. So again, what did he do? He took the best, the brightest, the smartest, the most capable young men to bring him to completely indoctrinate them in Babylonian ways and eradicate every form of the Lord out of them. I want to tell you something. As a parent, you better understand that's exactly what the world's trying to do. Great family in our church. Loves the Lord with all their heart. Their kids are homeschooled. They have their own business. Son was on his dad's iPad playing a Disney game. Parents check everything that they do. Played this Disney game. Level one, level two, level three, all Disney games. And for those of you that are a parent, you could never get past level three. Only your kids could do that. But as it got on, it turned into pornography. Now, some creep deliberately designed it that a parent might not know. And it was by increments in. And here's a little 10-year-old boy. All of a sudden, his dad's going, why is he so intent over there? I want to tell you, the world is trying to indoctrinate your kids. Satan wants their hearts and their minds. And that's why we as a family believers, we've got to bind together. Do you know what the Bible says? Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some. All of you know people go, you know. I don't need to go to church to be a Christian, right? Bible specifically says you better not be doing that, especially in the last days. You know why? Because we need each other. We need our kids to be friends with each other. We need to be like aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters in an extended family of giving our young people that very heart of being raised up in a godly society and Even more so living in Tooele. All right? And as as you realize this for every single one of us, Daniel and his friends came to this. They purposed in their heart not to defile themselves. Say it with me. They purposed in their heart not to defile themselves. Again, they purposed in their hearts not to defile themselves. Again, They purposed in their hearts not to defile themselves. We all have to make a decision in our lives. I'm going to serve the Lord regardless of the cost that it comes upon me. Regardless of whatever happens to me. And again, my friends, if there's anything in your life that's going to make you stop serving the Lord. You know, for Lydia, her best friend in all the world was her mother. She didn't have a more best friend than her mom. But there came a day where Lydia heard some very grim words that she wasn't going to make it. And do you know what her mom said at the moment the doctor told her that she had incurable cancer of zero chance of recovery? You know what the first words that came out of her mouth was? I'm going to be a good witness. And I want to tell you, she never missed church. Until the last week when physically she could not be there. But, uh, and she was a great witness and she went to be with Jesus. So every single one of us need to purpose in our hearts. We need purpose in our hearts regardless whatever happens in my life. I'm never, ever, ever going to stop walking with the Lord. And we see that these young men, they ask for wisdom for God from God. You know, just tonight we were praying with someone for wisdom, for a decision that they have to make in their life. Aren't you glad God gives wisdom? You know, the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge Him and what? He will direct your paths. All right, it's a promise of God. He will. And in these days that we live in, we need our paths directed, right? So, Daniel is very courteous to this guy that's over him. God gives him favor with this guy that's over him. Daniel does not want to defile himself with the king's wine. He doesn't want to defile himself with the king's meat that's been offered to idols. So he's going to eat only vegetables. And at the end of it, he said, give me a test. Because here is the deal. The commander was nervous because if they looked worse, it was going to be his head. Nebuchadnezzar was a brutal man. You know, with the last king of Israel, you know what he did? He brought all his children out in front of him, killed them all. And the very last thing that he would see was his children killed, then gouged out his eyes. To some of the people... He roasted slowly over an open fire till they died. I, I, do, I don't want to die that way. You know, that and getting eaten by a shark. Yeah. Bottom of the totem pole for me. Yeah, the way to go. But I want to tell you, so he's brutal. So he didn't put this guard in a place of no end. He said, if, I'm, if we don't look better, you don't have to continue this on. But God did a miracle. It wasn't because they ate vegetables. He did a miracle because they wanted not to defile themselves. And God did a miracle. They looked better and fatter than anybody else. And my friends, he brought him to that place. And when he was tested by Nebuchadnezzar, 10 times smarter than everyone else. Now let's go into chapter 2. Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Can God speak to people through dreams? Yes, he can. In the Bible, lots of people were spoken to by dreams. Joseph was spoken to by two dreams, told his brothers about the dream and his dad. Brothers didn't like it. His dad pondered it in the heart. Jacob was spoken to by a dream. In the New Testament, we have Joseph, who was betrothed to Mary, who when he found out that she was expecting a child, wanted to put her away quietly, he had a dream, he had a vision. And when he awoke, he did what the angel of the Lord asked him to do. Later on, after baby Jesus is born, God spoke to him again in a dream by an angel to flee, and he got out of Bethlehem just before the murder of all the baby boys in Bethlehem. So yes, God speaks to, dream, through, to people through dreams. Now, i got to tell you, I've been a Christian for 40 years. He's never spoken to me through a dream. Okay, my dreams all come from bad pepperoni, okay? And, you know, it's so funny. Almost every night, barely tells me the same thing, and I tell her the same thing. You know, right before we shut off the light, she goes, sweet dreams. And I always tell her the sweetest dreams are when I have no dreams. My dreams are rarely sweet. You ever dream that you're falling? Am I the only one that ever dreams that they're falling? You know, woo, and then you roll when you hit the bed, you know. and it, it, You ever have those dreams that you wake up and you just thank the Lord that was a dream? And it was like your heart's racing and you're going, oh, hallelujah, that wasn't true. So most dreams, because I have people come to me all the time and say, oh, well, I want have this dream and, you know, what I think. And, and here's what I say. I said, put it on the shelf. If it's of the Lord, you're going to know it. But this dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, he was the king. And the king, God spoke to a heathen king through a dream. It was an amazing thing. He knew it was no ordinary dream. He knew that it was something absolutely separate. And the scripture goes on to say, So the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sociers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dream. And they came and stood before the king. Then the king said to them, I've had a dream and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Shakespeare said this, and it's a a, a right quote. Uneasy is the head who wears the crown. An easy is the head who wears the crown. Because there's always people wanting to lop off that head to be able to get the crown. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes these words. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eats little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not permit him to sleep. My friends, think about that. Isn't that true? You're out digging ditches all day. Guess what? You go to bed that night, you're gonna sleep sweet, and you think that if I was just rich, if I if I had lots of money, then then I'd be at peace. I, I I wouldn't have anything to worry about. Is that true? No, I have a saying: it is one thing to attain; it is a whole another thing to maintain what you have attained. And maintaining isn't near as much fun as a- attaining. It is all right. The more you have, the more you have to worry about. The more you have to insure. And you watch the, the the cycle of life. You ever realize that every baby born is born with his fence, fists clenched. They're going after life. You spend your whole life accumulating. Then you reach a certain age. I'm almost there. You reach a certain age and you go, yeah, I got to downsize. I'm tired of taking care of all this stuff. And if you live long enough, you will live in one room, in one bed, with a few pictures on the wall, and everyone dies the same way with their hands wide open. Because we brought nothing into this world, and we're going to take nothing out. So here Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. And the king said to them, I've had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic. And you need to understand something. From this point through chapter 7, verse 28, it's the only section of the Bible written in Aramaic. Aramaic was the common language that's spoken around the world. What's a common language in our world today? It's spoken anywhere in the world you go. It's English. So, If you speak English, you're going to be able to get around just about everywhere in this world because most everywhere teaches English as a second language. That's how Aramaic. Because this is a message to the world. He's going to be telling about the kingdoms that there are in the world. Then the, the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic. O king, live forever. He's not. Tell your servants the dream, and we'll give the interpretation. But the king answered and said to the Chaldea, My decisions is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut into pieces, and your house shall be made an ash heap. Nebuchadnezzar had an anger problem. You see that here? okay? And it goes on. However, if you tell me the dream and its interpretation, then you'll receive gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. And they answered again, let the king tell his servants the dream, and we'll give the interpretation. And the king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time, because you see, my decision is firm. He, he knew they were phonies and frauds. And, you know, if I tell you the dream, well, you can make up something. But here's how the test was going to be. He hadn't told anybody the dream. This is how he's going to know that the interpretation is true because they're going to be able to tell him the dream. And so he begins killing all the Chaldeans. And they're protesting and saying, no one has ever asked of this. In fact, when you jump down to verse number 11, it says it's a difficult thing that the king requires. And there's no other who can tell the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. My friends, I have a wonderful word for you tonight. It is Emmanuel, God with us. We serve the God who specifically dwelt in flesh. We serve the God who in John chapter 1, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. And my friends, I want to tell you, one quarter of this book is prophecy. So one-fourth of the Bible's prophecy. That's why it's important for us to study prophecy. Much of the prophecy has already come to pass exactly. In fact, the critics of the Bible cannot stand the book of Daniel because Daniel with such precision gives to us what is going to happen. And so they say, oh, there wasn't one Daniel, there were three Daniels. You know how I would know there was one Daniel? It's very, very simple, and it solves all the problems. And 100%, I know that it's absolutely true. is because in Matthew chapter 24, when Jesus is giving his great message on the end of time, this is what he says in verse 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet. So if you don't want to believe the book of Daniel, then you have to believe that Jesus is a liar as well. But Daniel sees beforehand, and this is what sets this book apart from every single book and every single religion and every single ism in the entire world. The Bible tells us beforehand the things that are going to take place. And my friends, we have seen something in our lifetime that had never happened before. And that is this. According to the prophecies of the Bible, from the book of Ezekiel, Israel was born again as a nation. May 14th, 1948, Israel born again as a nation. And in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus would say this in verse 32. Now learn the parable from the fig tree. And the fig tree is a symbol of the nation of Israel. When its branch has already become tender and put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that is very near at the door. Assuredly, I say to you that this generation will by no means pass away until all these things are fulfilled. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. And my friends, we are that generation. There has never been a time in the history of mankind where people have ran to and fro over the earth ever, never In the history of mankind. There's never been a time in the history of mankind. Where every single person. Has this kind of knowledge. We go to Malawi Africa. See you have a slide that comes around with. Marilee and I in Malawi Africa. All right, these people are living in huts. Uh, uh, You know they have nothing. And yet they have a cell phone. I'm not kidding you. I'm serious. And you know what I think when I see their cell phones? They're not paying what I'm paying for a cell phone. <laughs> because what I'm paying for a cell phone is like a year's wages for them, all right? I'll never forget. This was It was the year uh, uh, that my wife Lydia's mom went home to be with the Lord. I was in Egypt after that. And as I was in Egypt, I, I see this guy on an ox cart cutting wheat with a sickle, talking on a cell phone. And so it's absolutely everywhere. Never have we had a time like that. Now, the scripture goes on to say this in Daniel chapter 2. It says in verse 13, So the decree went out, and they began killing the wise men. And they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Now, Jesus said this about Lucifer. He's a murderer. And I want you to understand something, because actually I think we've seen it nationally happen. Biggest story that's happened in the last few days. Satan will destroy his own if he can get to the people of God. So I want you to think, all the magicians... All the astrologers, all those that had given themselves to demonic powers, they're being killed. But this is who Satan was really after. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they would be killed as well. And as we see that, my phone's ringing there. Can you hear that? Fortunately, it was on vibrate. But they're all going to be killed as well. I think we watched it on the national stage. With Brett Kavanaugh, the vicious attacks that there were, Dr. Ford had wrote a letter to a California senator who she had had it for two months. Now, they could have easily checked all this stuff out And you or I would have never heard of a Dr. Ford. Her her very being would have been protected. But you have to understand, they didn't care one iota about her either. The whole thing, they had one goal. Destroy this man's reputation who was a good man. And so, Satan will always, he'll sacrifice anybody if he can get to who he's really after, and this is who they're really after. And the scripture goes on to say, Then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. And Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Do you realize how courageous this is? The very guy that has given the decree, kill all the wise men, who is already mad because they were, he felt like stalling, Daniel, with the power of God, goes in and asks for time. I want to tell you, in these days that we live in, we need the wisdom from God. We need to be the people who purpose in our hearts. The purpose in my heart is regardless what happens in my life, I'm going to walk with the Lord. And the scripture goes on to say, Then Daniel went to the house and made his uh, decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah's companions, that they might seek the mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret So Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Now, my friends, here's the other thing. We got to have revelation from God. This is why even as you look at any prophecies that there are in the Bible We've got to study him in the context of the entirety of the Bible that we might know because heaven and earth is going to pass away. There's not one word of God that is going to pass away. They sought the Lord. Now, I want to ask you a question. If I came to you tomorrow and said, I'm going to kill you tomorrow, or, are you going to have a hard time praying? You, you, you're going to find time to pray, right? You go to a doctor's office and they tell you that you have cancer. I guarantee you, you're not going to go, Oh, I don't know whether i got time to pray today. Okay? Any crisis in our life is going to bring us to our knees real quick. One phone call, one change is going to change everything in our life. And I want to give you a quote. I saw it. It's awesome. Worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things that you cannot change. Prayer is a conversation with God about things He can change. Now, let me read it to you again. Worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot change. Prayer is a conversation with God about the things He can change. Do you realize it takes no more mental energy to pray as it does to worry? And a worry is just a conversation about yourself, about things you can't change. Prayer takes things to God and he can change them. Now, God does reveal to Daniel, and the very first thing that ends up happening, Daniel gives praise to the Lord. My friends, I am afraid so often we can be like the ten lepers. How many of those ten lepers, when they were healed of their leprosy, came back and thanked the Lord? The answer is? There's only one person that knows that answer. One. All right. That that There's only one, and he happens to be a foreigner. Boy, I'm glad I raised her, you know. If she didn't know the answer, I would have, you know, wanted to jump off a bridge or something, but... Here's the deal. Only one was thankful. And let's not be that people. Let's be the people that always go before God and go, thank you, God, when you answer prayer. And we'll read his prayer. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He changes the time and seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things and knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. The night that I asked Jesus into my heart, I'll never forget it. The the poor girl that led me to the Lord, she was a cousin of mine. I was 20. She was 20. She was from Colorado. We didn't see each other very often. I started asking her questions and after four hours, she said to me, Do you want to ask Jesus into your heart? I said, yes, I do. And the very first thing I said after I did that was, I see, I see. Funny story. I looked her up about five years ago. And I said, Linda, are you still a Christian? Do you still walk with the Lord? And she goes, yeah, I'm still a Christian. But she said, I have to tell you something. In my entire life. You're the only person I ever led to the Lord. And then she said, But do I get credit for everyone that you've led to the Lord? I said, Actually you do. You know. Isn't that an awesome story though? You know, I always I love this story. Chris got saved in Iwanas when he was a seventh grader. You know how hyper Chris is today? Can you imagine him as a seventh grader? And you know, I'm I'm pretty sure. That when Chris didn't show up to Awana's, that teacher was going, happy days are here again. And, and that Awana's teacher had no idea what was going to happen. That Chris Begna was going to get saved. He's going to lead most of his family to the Lord. He was going to start a church in Tooele, Utah. Isn't that not awesome what God does? And so the scripture goes on. That light dwells in him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might. And have now made known to me what we ask of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed, to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. You know what's amazing about this? Daniel had never lived this, read the Sermon of, of the Mount, but he's living it. He's even being kind to his enemies. Don't kill them anymore. Take me before the king and I will tell the king the interpretation. Then Arioch quickly brought Daniel before the king and said to him, I have found a man. He's taking credit for this one. He's going to score some brownie points. I have found a man of the captives of Judah who will make known to the king the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream which I've seen in its interpretation? And Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, and the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven. My friends, you know what the quickest way to have the Lord stop using you? Is to take the glory. Daniel said, it's not me. I cannot possibly do it. But there is a God in heaven. and I want you to say that with me again. But there is a God in heaven. Now, my friends, I want you to think about what problems that there are in your own life. What problem seems so big and insurmountable? And I want you to say that again. Don't forget that very first word because it's very important. But there is a God in heaven. Say it again. But there is a God in heaven. Again. But there is a God in heaven. Again. But there is a God in heaven. My friends, it changes absolutely everything in spite of the incredible odds. And I want you to think about Daniel, 15 years old, hauled away from his family to a foreign land. Could he not have made an excuse and say, God, it's your fault. You allowed me to be taken away. I, I can't possibly be blamed for my own actions now, can I? But that wasn't Daniel's heart. And in our lives, we got to stop making excuses for our bad behavior. We got to stop laying the blame at someone else and take the responsibility for ourselves. And we got to realize God has a plan for my life, God has a plan for your life. Every single one of us, God has a plan. And so we have to purpose. In our hearts. Purpose in our hearts. Regardless, whatever happens to us, we're going to serve the Lord. Parents. How old are you? 16. The Babylonians have come tonight. And they've hauled you off to a country you've never ever seen before. How's your dad and mom going to be? Devastated, right? (laughs) Now, maybe we shouldn't use teenagers. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) I always tell kids, I said, kids, don't think your parents want you to live at home forever. That's why they give you luggage when you graduate, you know. How are you going to be? Hauled off to a distant land. And here's the thing. For the parents, no doubt they thought that was the worst thing that could happen. But I want to tell you, there is a Bible prophecy with two baskets of figs, one rotten and one good. The good figs were those young men that were perfect and taken off early because they lived. The ones later on. And maybe you were a parent that day and go, oh, my kid wasn't taken. You know, how fortunate am I? You see, my friends, we don't always know in life what's the best for us. And I want to tell you, when we get to heaven, we're not going to be questioning the what-ifs of God. You know, when we get to heaven, you know, is not going to go up to God and go, you know, tell me again why you took my mouth so early. Because I guarantee you that everything worked the way that God allowed it to be. Marilee and I, the other day, we were going, You know, the good ones die young. And then we looked at each other and go, I said, what did you do? (laughs) She looked at me and she goes, what did you do? But here's the deal. None of those are even going to be questioned. You know why? Because we're going to see Jesus face to face. And everything is going to be crystal clear. And so we only have a decision to make in our hearts and lives right here, right now. And that's this. I'm purposing in my heart. In this world that I live in, I'm living for the Lord. I'm living it with all of my heart for the Lord. There isn't anything that's going to happen in my life that's going to make me stop living for the Lord. And regardless of what I'm going to have to face, I'm going to seek the Lord. When when I have the crises in my life, what did Daniel do? He got his friends together and they began seeking the Lord. And God revealed the answer. And my friends, as Daniel has the opportunity to go before the most powerful person the world had ever known. There had never been a world ruler like Nebuchadnezzar. There had never, even to this day, there had never been a world kingdom which is much power as Nebuchadnezzar, he was the head of gold. In all of that, Daniel had the opportunity to give God the glory. No, I can't do this. But there is a God in heaven. And my friends, we're going to see how God works in Nebuchadnezzar's life. All the way through, it's a powerful thing. But for every single one of us tonight, you got a problem in your life? You got a crisis that you're facing in your life. But there is a God in heaven. You get a phone call tomorrow that alters your world. Rocks your world that you live in. But there is a God in heaven. My friends I'm happy to tell you. You know what this book does? Tells us the end. And the end is we win. (laughs) We're going to be with Jesus forever and ever. And you know. What there isn't going to be crying, tears, mourning, pain, sorrow. There isn't going to be any of those. So, why we live here, the Lord has told us beforehand the things that are going to come to pass. We need to be a people who are watching and praying. We need to know what's going on in the world, really going on in the world. And we need to be praying. About what's going on in the world. Do you realize my friends. For the first time. Since 1933. There is a conservative. Supreme Court. In America. Who believes. That the Constitution. Of the United States. Of America. Has to be followed. And I want to tell you. That's what all of this was about had nothing to do with Brett Kavanaugh, they would have crucified Jesus Christ. Because all of a sudden now, it's a different situation. I don't know what God has for America, but I do know this. For the very first time, the United States Embassy, on the anniversary of Israel's 70th year, was moved to the capital city of Jerusalem. And that is a huge statement by this country. And God said this, I'm going to bless those who bless you and I'm going to curse those who curse you. And I want to tell you, next month at this time, we're going to be standing at the embassy of the United States of America in the holy city of Jerusalem, which is going to be phenomenal. But none of this is happening by accident. There is a divine plan and we get to be a part. Amen. All right, let's stand. Lord, we thank you so much for this night. I thank you, Lord, for the truths of the scripture. And I pray, Lord, that not one person that he is here tonight will ever forget the words but there is a God in heaven. And I pray that whatever anybody ever has to face, Lord, that these words would come back to their remembrance, but there is a God in heaven. But there is a God in heaven. But there is a God in heaven. Lord, we want to be your vessels in these last days. It is so exciting that you have chosen this generation To be that generation. And Lord we want to be your witness. Lord I'm thrilled beyond measure. For this church family here. For what you have done in this community. To the building of this church. We thank you Lord for the first time. This building belongs to Tooele Springs Calvary Chapel. And Lord we are so thankful. That the church gets to expand one forth bigger in this building and Lord it's so amazing the way you have worked it out financially is all of this extra doesn't cost any more than what they've been paying and so Lord I'm thrilled beyond measure to watch and see what you're doing I pray that every person in this church would be excited and filled with your Holy Spirit and thrilled to be able to be a a part of reaching this community and changing to Willa County. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen.